Ish, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. I just got to say, whenever I need some motivation, I have to go <laughs> on your Instagram. To give us a little intro about yourself. Yep. So my name is Ish. Uh, I'm from Los Angeles, California. I was born and raised all throughout Southern California. Currently work at LinkedIn uh, as a social media manager. And I live here in San Francisco. You mentioned that you're also a DJ. So how do you balance the time of being a social marketer and also a DJ? Yeah. Um, that's actually a question that I get quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the like the main way that I do is just like structuring my time every single day and allocating an hour here, an hour there, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there mm-hmm. um, to practice or to get other things that I need to get done. One of the reasons why I want to bring you in here because, you know, I'm trying to, you know, have that discussion with people who, who motivate me and people who inspire me to do more than what my nine to five is. And that's something that you definitely do. Are there people that like inspire you? I want to know like your thought process, because every time I go on your Instagram page, it's always like a fire quote or <laughs> something that's like making me work harder than I like already am. So yeah. maybe you could discuss some like people who are uh, a great influence for you and like what are some like tactics to, you know, maybe help someone who wants to be inspired yeah one thing that i've been using lately uh to get inspired is just listening to different podcasts and also like different audiobooks mm-hmm. so i mean we've had multiple discussions on like different books that to listen to um one podcast that i've been listening to and i was just telling you about this is called short story long mm-hmm. by drama um he interviews like a ton of different people from all different backgrounds including entertainment marketing ceos people who've like started their own fashion company so i think getting to understand those stories and seeing how those people have made it or not make it mm-hmm. um kind of inspired me but aside from that i think where i get most of my inspiration from is my family my grandma i feel like every, every time i talk to her she kind of gives me a little piece of advice here and there but i think mm-hmm. they add up over time and they kind of hit home to me just because i have so much respect for her so i think what like one of the things that she's always told me since i was a kid is you don't have to be the smartest person in the room as long as you treat everybody with respect and you work hard it's such a simple little saying but if you can like take that and apply it to different parts of your life yeah. whether that be work or relationships or like friends mm-hmm. or um, other hobbies that you put your your time to mm-hmm. um, I think they can like pay dividends yeah definitely I think um, we kind of come from a sim- similar background or not background per se but you know family uh, ethnics you yeah. know like my my grandmother raised us like my grandmother actually lived with us since from the time I was born to the time I was 18 and you know finding inspiration is so common to find in you know in our parents or in our grandparents yeah. um, just you know just trying to make them proud we both work together at LinkedIn and before you joined LinkedIn were you working anywhere else or were you just like a fresh college grad yeah so I graduated in 2014 from UC Merced Bobcats and then uh, I went down to Southern California and I was applying to tons of jobs didn't Mm -hmm. really get anything back um, but ended up working at 24-hour fitness as uh, an associate or assistant service manager for for the company Um, basically what that means is I help manage the People at the front desk, Zoom instructors, like the cleaning, cleaning service, um, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, something I think you posted recently, or something that just came up in my head was, um, you posted a picture on Instagram of you wearing a suit, a skinny version of Ish. <laughs> uh, that was a time when you're look, you just graduated and yeah. you're looking for jobs, and you just have this like hustler mentality of just you know always want to go bigger than. Um, I guess 
what you are, but um, just having that hustler mentality, is it is that something that just runs in your whole family or is it something that, oh, you watch something on like, say, like a social media platform and it's something that you want to do? Or like maybe you could talk about um, how did that come to like fruition of like that hustler mentality yeah, that you definitely. have. You're, dude, you're, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, you're probably one of the like... You seem like you may be the most busiest, but you cram so much things together that just like, it's crazy that the stuff that you do, you work out, you're, um, you work at LinkedIn, you're a DJ. I feel like you only get three hours of sleep because you're always posting on Instagram. So tell it like, maybe you could just talk about that. Yeah. I, I can yeah. kind of talk about where it stems from. And I, yeah. I have been doing more thought about this in the past, maybe like two or three years. And I wrote up a post about it on mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Um, but I think, I think it subconsciously started to hit me maybe like in high school mm -hmm. and it, it's it's around the time that i started to like learn more about my family and like the struggles that my grandparents like went through just for us to have a better life mm -hmm. and even like one layer after that like my parents and seeing like we didn't come from a whole lot of money growing mm -hmm. up um it's probably like the past five to ten years that my family's been more like well off mm -hmm. but i think going through more like life struggles financial struggles mm -hmm. and seeing grandparents and seeing your parents work one or two jobs or three jobs and do whatever they have to do to like make sure that their kids are, are fed and, and okay mm -hmm. i think that kind of like subconsciously hit me at a younger age mm -hmm. and then now that i'm older and i'm not going to school anymore it mm -hmm. kind of like in a in a weird way i feel like not like just working is is not enough you know it's mm -hmm. not it's not enough use of my time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so like another thing that I've, i haven't really mentioned to like that many people yeah but my dad passed away when i was growing up mm, sorry so, to hear that no thank yeah. you man so i think i think uh like having that experience like happen at 12 or 13 years old mm -hmm. also taught me like a valuable lesson about like life and not to take it for granted mm -hmm. yeah so you have it on one side of the house like this hustler mentality and like work hard, do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And then you have like another situation, like, like a losing of a, like a parent. Mm -hmm. I think you combine those two and it kind of, it made me be smarter about where I invest my time in mm -hmm. and make sure that I, I do invest in things that I really like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't let too much time like slip away unknowingly or like spend it on dumb things, like just mm -hmm. aimlessly scrolling on Instagram or, mm -hmm things that I wouldn't want to like invest my time in. Mm, gotcha. Are yeah. you the eldest of your siblings? Mm -hmm. So did you feel like you had to take that almost father figure um, spot after that whole thing happened or not so much? Uh, okay. I mean, I have, I've had a stepdad since like I was really, really young. Mm -hmm. So he's like been that father figure for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think just something that traumatic and like having that happen to you at like 12 or 13 years old, mm -hmm. you kind of like becoming a man trying to figure yourself out um, really, really made me like grow up a lot quicker mm -hmm. than most kids my age probably mm -hmm. um and made me be more self-aware of what was what i was doing mm -hmm. where i was spending my time mm -hmm. why i was doing it being more aware of like listening to elders and mm -hmm. thinking more about my future versus doing dumb, dumb stuff as like a teenager yeah definitely yeah. um something i wanted to talk about was you know your side hustle which is djing mm -hmm. um when did you start to dj and when did you start having a passion for it yeah, so I started DJing when I was 18, 17 or 18, so like senior year of high school. Um, I learned from one of my friends who's on the soccer team, Andrew Rios. He's really, really good at DJing since he was like probably 11 or 12. 
So I just asked him one day, I was like, Hey, do you mind like teaching me? Like, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have any money to like buy the equipment. So yeah, I would need to go to your house and try it out. Um, so I would go to his house after soccer practice for a couple mm -hmm. of days a week, kind of like learn here and there. Yeah. I think now looking back at it, I've had more of a passion for creating like events and environments for, for people. So thinking back to all the house, like the family parties that we had growing up, I was always super interested in setting the music and like help, helping to set up the, the table so that it was like the best flow for the, for the party. So mm -hmm. people can like sit with who they came with or like you know just give yeah. good energy and and uh and have the party going mm -hmm. so i think now thinking back it's yes a big part of it was like music and like spinning in like in person mm -hmm. but i think another layer deeper than that is just like setting the vibe and setting like the environment yeah so would you say that portion of you know bringing out the good vibes that's your passion and that's something that that makes you happy yeah i think i think uh and sorry to cut you off no no, no dude no, i think that's uh like the way I would describe it and categorize it is more of like creating community. Mm. So now thinking through during my time that I've been at LinkedIn, I've been a part of like our Latino group called Ola mm -hmm. and that's been a ton of time, but it's also been super rewarding being able to create community for Latinos in tech. Um, events mm -hmm. that I've hosted where I haven't DJed, I'm just hosting the events. Mm -hmm. Like it takes a, a ton of time to like set these events up, but it's also super rewarding to see 200 people, 300 people come together and have a great time. Mm -hmm. um, and knowing that like I impacted them with that, yeah. that event. Yeah. So I, you know, it's funny you brought that up. Um, there's, you know, I started working at a new company, which is called Keep Trucking. Shout out to Keep Trucking. But um, there is um, a friend that I made who's a Latina. And on her Instagram, she posted an event that I believe you were DJing. Really? And it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. The, you know, the, the impact that you've created, especially with the um, Latin community. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you and um, Tiger, you guys do a lot of like events in yeah. that kind of in that kind of spectrum. So uh, no props to you for you know doing something like that. Thanks, um, and we could cut this out, but I, I want to bring up the whole uh, SoCal thing. Yeah. But um, so, do you think once you move down to SoCal, are you gonna still try to? to produce those kind of communities are you still going to try to host those type of events because you you've done it really really well at linkedin mm -hmm. do you think wherever you're going next and uh yeah we could you cut this if, if we want but are you planning to do the to have that same type of impact down there definitely i think uh i think anywhere that i go I'm going to try to create that community with mm -hmm. whatever company it is but more than anything else i think i'm more interested in helping out like younger generations mm -hmm. so if you think about like underserved communities you think about high school students that maybe don't get that much of exposure to tech or people that work in tech or they don't from where they're from they don't they don't really see anybody that looks like them or talks like them or yeah. can relate to them mm -hmm. that works at the linkedins or the mm -hmm. facebook's twitter's etc so i think then like it's been awesome to create community for people that already work in tech but i think Mm -hmm. next for me would be to start hosting like events on my own mm -hmm. and uh help out younger generations from underserved mm -hmm. communities yeah oh something i also wanted to bring up um you know when you first joined the the whole tech scene you know coming to the silicon valley did you feel like a minority yeah. did you did you feel kind of outcast <laughs> and if you did like and you you said you did would you want to maybe brush up on that and um i would love to have your intake on, on that as well yeah, yeah. i think uh 
it was a huge culture shock for me. Yeah. I think I went like three or four days without seeing another Latino. <laughs> and it wasn't until yeah. I was in the San Francisco office at LinkedIn mm-hmm. and uh, I ran into one of my mentors now and a really good friend. His name is Hector Preciado. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually started the Latino group at LinkedIn and oh. super awesome guy, uh, very well connected with mm-hmm. uh, people in tech. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like that third or fourth day at LinkedIn when I when I met him. And I was, then I realized, I was like, oh crap, I haven't really seen that many other Latinos uh-huh. that work here, walk around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when I kind of went down a rabbit hole of like researching like, well, what is the percentage of people of color in tech? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the more that I started to learn about that and mm-hmm. how the numbers were so low, like three, yeah. four, 5%, mm-hmm. then that's when I, when I said, okay, like if I have extra time outside of work, mm-hmm. obviously I'm going to still work out. I'm still going to DJ, but I think a portion of that needs to be allocated to spreading awareness about this Mm -hmm. and also like giving back to other people that are not in tech so that Uh they can have an opportunity to learn and get some exposure to it. Yeah. And this is what you're talking about, uh, your passion, which lies in, you know, building community. Yeah. Yeah. It must've been a, like a, definitely a big culture shock coming from, uh, SoCal, right? Cause yeah. SoCal is probably one of the biggest hub for, <laughs> for Latinos, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I just want to make sure that I'm getting that right. Um, yeah, that, that's crazy. And so I, this, I mean, this is a hard question to answer, but, um, like I mentioned, um, you know, you do a lot of things, you, you're passionate about a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, for someone who is, you know, working the nine to five also want to stay felt, stay fit, stay mm-hmm. healthy. Um, what are some like tips or maybe books that you would recommend someone? Mm-hmm. And, um, I just have to put out there, you also watch movies by yourself and that's like I, a movie's two hours. How do you even spare <laughs> two hours to, to watch a movie with like, you know, your busy self, but, um, we could say that for uh, another question, but, um, what are some tips that you would probably give maybe the younger generation to, you know, balance out time? Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll actually walk through an exercise that I like to, to, mm-hmm go through with some people whenever they ask questions about like time management. Mm-hmm. The way that I think about my time management from let's say Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. I break it down by day. So if we looking at a Monday, what are the non-negotiables that have to take place that day? So mine are sleep. So I want to sleep at least seven and a half hours and then I have work for eight hours. So I, what I do is I basically write out a schedule and I say, if I want to wake up at seven o'clock AM, then that means I have to go to sleep by 11.30 p.m. the night before. Mm-hmm. So that's my non-negotiable. 11.30 sleep, knocked out. Mm-hmm. Sleep all the way till 7. And then from 7 to whatever time it takes me to get to work, which maybe is an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then say I'm at work by 8, 8.30. So then I work from 8.30 until 4.30 or 5 mm-hmm. um, every single day, unless I have to stay like late for work or need to end up doing some work later on. Yeah. But then I have that chunk of time blocked in too. Mm-hmm. So then after that, then we have 5 o'clock to basically 11 or 1130 Mm -hmm. that you can fill in with whatever else you want to do. Gotcha. Um, So I do a good job of just creating these like habits and schedules so that Mm -hmm. I just subconsciously like fall back into the habits Mm -hmm. because I've set myself to do it like over time. Mm -hmm. So for example, at five o'clock or four 30, I usually go change Mm -hmm. by five o'clock. I'm changed ready for the gym. Mm -hmm. Take me 15 minutes to get to the gym. I get me there by five 15, five 30 um work out for at least an hour i'm done by 6 30 home by mm-hmm. 7 usually yeah. shower get yeah. some food chill for a little bit next thing you know it's 8 30 8 30 ish and then i have 8 30 to 11 mm. so depending on what day it is and how the work day was um 
I'll either work for an hour or practice for an hour mm -hmm. or catch up on email or call family um, or hang out with friends, like whatever, whatever I want to use that time for. But mm -hmm. I'm using it. Um, I'm using it knowing what I'm, knowing that I, knowing that I have something to do. Not mm -hmm. mindlessly just like waiting and, and letting the time pass, mm -hmm. um, because I, there's also a time and place for that too. Like we're we're exhausted after working, mm -hmm. yeah. um, having such a long week, so there is a time and place to just rest and chill. And yeah. I I actually like schedule that in my weekly schedule too. I, that was the next question I was gonna ask you. Where's the chill day at? Yeah, like, so <laughs> Sundays usually I do at least half a day to chill, mm -hmm. and that's the day that I end up watching movies by myself. I go gotcha. to the AMC and like mm -hmm. whatever movies out or whatever movie seems interesting to me, mm -hmm. um, I just go and by myself and watch it. Or mm -hmm. if one of my friends wants to go too, then I go with them. Um, so Sunday at least half the day. Sometimes I do a full day mm -hmm. and just like explore the city. Yeah. Um, so I've done that a ton of times too. I'll just like hop on one of those san francisco buses that takes you around the city yeah um, and just kind of like explore let my mind like flow and not really mm -hmm. worry too much and mm -hmm. um not have to be tied to somebody else's time mm -hmm. but also not working and mm -hmm. not doing anything that has to do with working and put my phone on do not disturb mm -hmm. and kind of just like exit for a couple hours nice yeah now i'm definitely gonna take that take that with me and um are there I'm curious, did you learn this format from somewhere else or did you kind of come up with this yourself or did you read a book? Yeah, I kind of yeah. created it over. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you clearly know how much stuff I have my hand into. Like mm -hmm. I work, like you said, I, I work out every like six times a day or six times a week. Um, DJ, yeah. practice, market myself. Mm -hmm. um, also like these events and Latino organizations that I'm part of too. So if I didn't have like a, such a built out schedule, I don't think I would be able to do nearly half of the things that I'm, that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's been like refined over time and just me being able to like self-assess or like a self-assess myself and, and understand like, when am I doing too much? And when do I have mm -hmm. to like, like give myself more time to relax? Yeah. Um, yeah I think definitely. I found a really good balance of like what that looks like mm -hmm. on like a week over week schedule. Um, Another thing that I that I do, so I talked about like the day to day, and that eventually builds out to a week's worth of schedule. Um, next, what I do is I look at the like a larger goals that I have set for myself. So, let's say for example, um, one of my goals is to become better at social media marketing. Mm -hmm. That's a very broad goal. Yeah. But the way that I break it down is I break it down by, okay, well if I want to be better at social media marketing, what are the four classes? five books and I don't know, two projects that I need to do this month mm -hmm. in order for me to get better over six months time. Yeah. And then I break that down over a week. So, okay, mm -hmm. well, what's more manageable to do in a week? Mm -hmm. I can do one class. It's going to take me six hours the entire, mm -hmm. like throughout the week. And maybe one audiobook that I listen to on my way to work, on my way to the gym, um, while I'm showering, while I'm getting ready in the morning, like finding these like little crevices of time um, that adds up to help to to like tackle these like larger tasks mm -hmm. yeah i actually um i remember remember the the twitter post of this chart that you create to break down your yeah. goals for um what i think you posted it on january 1st mm -hmm. so and that's when you know people try to make their new year's resolution but yeah. the way that the reason why i like the chart that you created is because you broke down into like simpler forms and really detailed um a detailed format Definitely. and i think that's what people kind of you know forget mm -hmm. you know people say like oh i want to i want to lose 20 pounds but then okay what are you going to do to get 
to get there. So what you're gonna do is like you know drink more water, um, walk for an hour a day, blah, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Do all these things to help you accomplish that. You can't just have like a a vague, um, uh, I guess. Um, like a vague plan in place. Like a vague plan in place. You need to really break it down. Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, no, I, I just wanted to say I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah and the thing that I really enjoy um, about you is that, you know, you're you're not you're not scared to share those kind of tools. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There, there are people who are like, you know, how do you do this? And, you know, some people are a little bit snobby. I think you've <laughs> met those kind of people, yeah. right? Um, and, you know, talking about those type of, like, negativity, um, are there people in your life that kind of sends you that negativity like attitude and if there are like how do you deal with them and what are some things to like kind of brush them off yeah i try to i try to remove myself from as much negativity as possible Mm -hmm. um unless it has to do with the project that i'm working on Mm -hmm. or it's family Mm -hmm. i I try to keep my hand out as much as possible so if it's like friends that are gossiping i won't respond yeah for if sure. it's if, it, if i'm in a group chat with a bunch of people and somebody starts talking smack mm-hmm. like i'll just remove myself or i'll put the whole thing on silent and not mm-hmm. even check it and let the messages like like rack up mm-hmm. um so it sounds like really whack advice but i think just removing yourself from as many negative situations as possible um would definitely help you mentally in the mm-hmm. long run mm-hmm. and it like saves you time too you're not thinking about things that are not helping you and your goals and mm-hmm. Um, unless it's like your close family and friends or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it should concern you too much. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, speaking about removing toxic people in your life, um, do you follow minimalism at all? Do I have to, yeah, I have to just put it out there. Do yeah. You, yeah, 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 yeah. So what are some things that you do to practice minimalism and are there books or like, what are some kind of stuff that you do to yeah. practice it? You've actually introduced me to minimalism over the past maybe year, year and a half. Oh, thanks. Um, and it, it was me after I, after I learned through you, mm-hmm. then I went ahead and did some research on my own. And I think mm-hmm. I listened to the book. Uh, I listened to all my books that I listened to is audiobooks. So mm-hmm. I don't, Same I'm here. not a big fan of like reading on Same. paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of get distracted and I feel like I can break down books and listen to them more effectively in the car or mm-hmm. in transit. Um, but once I did some more research on minimalism and start to see the benefits in, in my own like practice. So for example, one thing that I did a few times actually was break down my closet and literally put all the clothes on the bed mm-hmm. and going by item by item, kind of like Marie Kondo, whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Yeah. Uh, and, and looking at every article of clothing and seeing like, have I worn this in the last six months to a year or four months to six months? Um, am I going to wear it? Mm-hmm. Do I have it just because I paid for it? Um, and then removing, I think I probably got rid of like half my clothes Mm -hmm. and then gave it to Goodwill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt like so much lighter and I also felt, it it sounds crazy because this is what what I used to think of it. Like, Mm -hmm. no, that's crazy. Like that's nonsense. But I felt so much like lighter. I felt so much like less cloudy in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also felt like I could make decisions, uh, like it's, it's very simple. Like. Like, what are you going to wear? Mm-hmm. If you have 80 sh- t-shirts, yeah. it's probably <laughs> going to take you a lot longer than if you have 15 t-shirts. Exactly. And even 15 is like, you don't need that much clothes, you know? Mm-hmm. If you have the dress shirts that you have, the jeans that you have, like your favorite articles of clothing, you're probably yeah. going to wear them more often. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think I did that in a bunch of different... I took a minimalistic approach, not to the extreme as you, but mm-hmm. in a couple of different areas of my life. So it was uh, clothing things that I was investing my time in, mm-hmm. 
Like I felt like at one point I was doing way too many things, mm -hmm. way too many projects. So I scaled back a mm -hmm. ton and then I really assessed what are the ones that I'm like most interested in that have, um, the impact that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And then what are the ones that have impact at scale that, um, like I've talked to you about podcasting. I've been mm -hmm. really interested in creating a podcast because you can share knowledge with, uh, tons of different people. Mm -hmm. around the world and it doesn't really matter like where you're located or where you come from yeah your ability to learn so yeah. that's one project that i think pays tons of dividends over time mm -hmm. um because your ability to share it at scale yeah yeah uh, definitely and uh you know speaking about minimalism and you know all the things that you do um i'm sure in those kind of times you do feel stress yeah um and in those times of stress so how do you cope with it and like what are what are some tactics that you use during stressful times with all the you know all the stuff that you're currently doing yeah uh gym is definitely one of them mm. um i've started to notice over the Dang, past from the look sorry from the look of it, it looks like you're stressed all the time bro <laughs> no I, I did thank you i did notice that uh when I don't go to the gym for more than two days, I get mm. really like almost cranky and agitated. Mm, okay. And I notice it like when I'm at work, I kind of like seclude myself and I try to be like more alone. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when I go to the gym consistently, like six days a week, mm -hmm. I feel like ready to go for the day every like the, the next day that I, as long as I went to the gym the day before. Mm -hmm. um, but gym is definitely one of them. I didn't know this before, but sleep is another one too. Mm -hmm. Um, Oftentimes when I think I'll speak for myself, but when I'm stressed out, it's probably because of project or because mm -hmm. of something that I need to get done. Yeah. So then I over index on working extra to try to get that done mm -hmm. and end up like not sleeping as much as I should, which only like makes it worse over the next one or two days. Mm -hmm. So I think realizing that you're stressed, yeah. figuring out what works for you. If that's gym, if that's hanging out with family, calling a like family member, mm -hmm. um, and then sleeping and making sure that, I'm my at least me. I'm sleeping enough, yeah. which is like about seven to seven and a half hours. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. And I've measured that over time too. So I, yeah. I went for like a month and a half sleeping eight or nine hours, mm -hmm. and then I tried sleeping like six to six and a half, mm -hmm. and then I did seven to like eight, and then mm -hmm. I found that if I consistently sleep seven and a half to eight, then that's like my my sweet spot. Yeah, when I sleep nine or eight and a half nine ten yeah and i feel really exhausted the next day and yeah. then the following day after that that's kind of how i feel when i take a nap but that 20 minute <laughs> nap turns into like a, an hour nap you just like right when you wake up you're just like exhausted yeah yeah it's crazy um so another thing that i wanted to ask you was about and this is more not so much in like in in the business aspect or even in the social media aspects mm -hmm. more of like working out wise um how many hours do you spend at the gym and mm -hmm. what do you think is, is good enough yeah uh, i spend i would say between 50 to 70 minutes in the gym mm -hmm. nice and I warm up for like 10 minutes i think that's that's optimal what i what the way that i approach it is as long as i'm in the gym and i'm either stretching working out getting water mm -hmm. or cooling down then i'm, I'm using my time efficiently mm -hmm. but if i'm if because I see this all the time and it annoys me when yeah. people are in the gym and they're like waiting for machine or they're like texting uh -huh. on their phone or on the phone and like taking a call. Yeah. Then it's like you're spending two hours at the gym, but one hour of that was mm -hmm. on your phone doing something not mm -hmm. like not productive like you should have. So yeah. I think depending on what you're where you're trying to do and if you're trying to lift weights or if you're trying to like do cardio, mm -hmm. um, as long as you're in there to work out, mm -hmm. then 
whatever whatever you need to whatever time you need to allocate for that yeah definitely um and so i'm a big fan of this one person and I'm, i think you are too which is gary v mm-hmm. and he has that hustler mentality just kind of like what what um what you have is is that someone who kind of influences you because i know some of his tactics could be like super crazy Mm -hmm. and i feel like you mentioned about sleep and how it's important and sometimes he doesn't really advocate for it but Mm -hmm. lately he has because he did get some backlash on it but um in the terms of you know living that gary v style do you think it's healthy for uh, like a someone who's up and coming or a younger person to follow that or what i just want your your take on it because i know you're a big fan as well yeah i think two to three years ago i went through this phase where i've like learned about gary v and kind of watched a ton of his videos Mm -hmm. and i took a lot of them uh into action which i think in a sense it helped me i was super productive and i learned Mm -hmm. what my limit was in terms of in terms of like work and Mm -hmm. what i can handle put on my plate yeah but i think i pushed myself to the limit and i wasn't sleeping enough and I yeah. was consistently sleeping like, f- like six hours because you know you know more than I do. He talks mm-hmm. about like, yeah, yeah. Th- I mean that's fine. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, like he talks a lot about like hustling and working, and if you're not working, then you're not doing anything. But yeah. I, like you said recently, he's changed that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think if if you f- anybody that you follow, any influencer that it's going to be, whether it's Gary Vee or Mark Cuban or whoever it mm-hmm. is, Oprah Winfrey. A lot of what they say can be super valuable as long as it works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of what he, what he was like preaching was good, mm-hmm. but the one aspect that I needed to like be more conscious of was the sleep. The sleep, yeah. yeah. So do you still follow him? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. not not like following an Instagram wise, but like some of the tactics that he. Yeah, I mean, he's a done. genius when it comes to like marketing and social yeah. media marketing. So in my world of brand marketing, social uh-huh. marketing. Every I've watched everything that he does mm-hmm. because he's usually like two steps ahead of everybody else. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, which I liked. I like his approach on everything that he thinks might work. Mm-hmm. He just tries it out. Yeah. And whenever I see it on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, I to myself think, oh damn, he's trying this out, and this yeah. might be like the next big thing. You know. Exactly. Uh, I have to ask you: Have you done any um, garage sale hustle? <laughs> <yet>? <laughs> not, not necessarily. I have been like. When I went through that minimalistic phase mm-hmm. or like a year and a half ago when I started learning more about it, mm-hmm. I did sell a lot of things like mm. things that I had double of or triple of or uh, like articles of clothing that I hadn't worn. I had some true religions that I hadn't worn in like four years, but <laughs> yeah. at one point in time I paid a lot of money for them. Yeah. So I wanted just to hold on to them. Mm-hmm. So I sold them and I ended up making like 60 bucks, which I invested mm-hmm. in a new pair of headphones. Nice. Um, like DJ headphones. So yeah i'm a fan of of it in a sense and more of like the online selling Mm -hmm. um especially when you have stuff that you don't really use and it's just laying around the house yeah Um, yeah yeah Yeah. so we're gonna switch gears just a little bit um i'm gonna talk about like oh what i would like to talk about is kind of careers Uh, you know for myself i'm a software engineer Mm -hmm. but as you can see like i I like to do video i like to do podcasting which kind of don't intersect interconnect with each other Mm. and for yourself which is social media and djing i mean i guess they work hand in hand because you could you know put stuff out there for social media for djing but as far as career wise what is something like what's the end goal for you and where do you see yourself as uh you know a social media marketer or do you see yourself going in the lane of uh, being a dj yeah yeah this is actually interesting because i've been getting this question a lot more lately Mm. of like, do I is my goal to be like a, the next Tiesto and like yeah. DJ in Vegas and like 
quit my day job? I don't think so. I think I like having a day job because mm-hmm. it consistently pushes me every single day. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like the, like having to balance things. Mm. I like the, like killing it in my day job and then killing it in like DJing and other projects. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would ever, and maybe I'll do it for like a small period of time, but mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't see myself just like quitting everything in DJing for 10 years. Like that's, that's not really yeah. my goal. My goal is, would probably be more so to continue working in corporate or eventually starting a company myself mm-hmm. um, and getting to the point where I'm, I'm in a position to like set what the brand is like, mm-hmm. set what the brand, uh, like how would I explain it to you? Mm-hmm. So if you think about like Facebook and LinkedIn and Google mm-hmm. and all these companies, at one point in time, there was somebody in their marketing team or a team themselves when they were small enough mm-hmm. that built out what the brand was going to be, what mm-hmm. they were going to stand for, what they were going to look like, um, the things that they were going to invest in. So I think eventually I want to get to a point where I am either like head of brand at a, at a smaller company mm-hmm. um, or like head of marketing at a, at a company. But mm-hmm. I have a long ways to go. There's a lot of things yeah. I need to learn to get there. So that's something that you would like to do and hopefully achieve is kind of be in that kind of spot where you're kind of like maybe the, the forefront of the marketing of a, of a big brand. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. That'd be cool. And in, in that time era of you achieving that, where would DJ fo- like be in the lineup? Yeah. I would still be DJing. Okay. I don't think about it. I mean, unless until I get a lot older, Yeah. but I think being able to DJ on the weekends and even if it's not every weekend, mm-hmm. being able to like go out and do a show with 500 people is like mm-hmm. exhilarating. Yeah. Um, and then being able to go to your job and be head yeah. of brand at a company and then mm-hmm. say that you're able to like do both. I think that's super cool. And mm-hmm. it also makes for like, I guess in a way, like you get credit from a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. You get credit from corporate people because they look at you as like, wow, he's able to do this and, and kill it mm-hmm. and does everything else. But you also get credit from um, people that are in entertainment yeah. because they don't probably don't have that much relation with anybody that's in corporate, mm-hmm. but you're their one plug because you're also a DJ. Yeah. So you speak the language, you, mm-hmm. you know about the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about goals in corporate and we, Talk a little bit about DJing. So what is your ultimate goal for that, the DJ side of things? Like what's a, what's a thing that you would want to accomplish before you yeah. leave earth? It was Vegas, but I did that uh, last year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, you, know what, you know what's funny? I actually remember you posting that. You're like, I think if I don't um, do a show in Vegas in a year, I'm going to be, I'm going to quit yeah. DJing. I still remember that. I put that yeah. I put, another thing is that I like to do is I like to put certain goals out there for the public. Yeah. So they can call you also, out on yeah, yeah. In a weird way, it makes me feel uh, accountable, mm-hmm. even though I don't, like I don't know if anybody, if any one person remembers, but you obviously remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I put it out there when I think it was like two or three years ago, and yeah. I said, if I don't DJ by, if I don't DJ in Vegas by end of this year, then I'm gonna quit. Yeah. And all my friends thought I was like bullshitting and thought I was like crazy. Yeah. But I knew you I did. know my personality and like me putting it out there to the world is gonna make me figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah. I did it. That's so fire. I think that next next my next goal would probably be. Uh, to do more like outdoor festivals so like coachella doing like the heineken tent mm. or uh like i don't know Lollapalooza and doing more like the smaller stages yeah yeah so if you're wondering if why i'm like looking at here and then 
putting it down here. I, I like to do the timestamp of something that you said that was super fire. So I could like have a snippet that I could post <laughs> on my Instagram. Nice. Yeah, no, you know, I have a lot of stuff circled, bro. <laughs> You've been saying a lot of fire stuff. Um, yeah, I think, the, I mean, majority of the stuff that I want to ask you, I already asked you, um, are there things that you kind of want to, um, you know, ask me or if something you want to talk about, something that we could have like a discussion on? Um, yeah, dude, you're like, you're truly an inspiration. That's why I kind of wanted you to be here to, you know, share some of those knowledge. And mm -hmm. I think you did a great job. And like, you know how you mentioned, like, you weren't sure if anybody was going to remember that, that post that you did about Vegas. Yeah. Dude, I think a lot of people will rem remember those kind of things. And um, yeah, I, I think you just got to keep doing what you're doing because I think you inspire a lot of people. Do people like reach out to you about? Yeah, uh, I think about lately I've, I've been getting more people to reach out. Because it's also, I've been also opening up more on social mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's another topic that we might we can, we could talk about yeah. is social media can be really good mm -hmm. or it could be really bad depending on how you use it. If you mm -hmm. use it as a tool to spread information or to learn information or to learn about different cultures, uh, learn about different places, then I think it could be super valuable. Um, but it's also very easy to go down this rabbit hole of scrolling and scrolling endlessly and comparing yourself to others and putting mm -hmm. yourself down so i think the way that i think of social media is i just share my journey every single day i share mm -hmm. my highlights i share like some of my struggles i try to provide as much insight as possible to my day-to-day -day and the different things that i'm a part of mm -hmm. so that if it does inspire somebody else that maybe thinks i don't have the time i don't have the energy i don't have the resources to do x y and z mm -hmm they can look at me and say, well, shit, Ish did it. I don't know how he did it. Wait a minute. Yeah, I do know how he did it. He's showing me exactly what he did yeah. day over day, like his routine, his habits, mm -hmm. week over week, what he's listening to. So if people just take that model and make it work for them, mm -hmm. like not everybody's in social media marketing, yeah. whatever industry, if you're in fashion, if you're in dental, if you're in um, clothing, whatever it is, mm -hmm. just taking the the model and making it work for you gotcha. listening to the books watching the documentaries mm -hmm. um meet like meeting up with different people that you're super, like you look up to in, in that industry mm -hmm. or reaching out to them cold on linkedin or instagram mm -hmm. you wouldn't you'd be surprised with like the amount of people that have gotten to respond to me yeah. and now we're connected and now we have like things set up for the future but there are people that have hundreds of thousands of followers and have mm -hmm. already made it and well well into their careers and i just shot my shot on linkedin or instagram yeah. And said something super simple like, hey, I'm like super big fan of what you've done. Mm -hmm. Like eventually I, I want to be where you're at or I yeah. aspire to be as in, like influential and impactful as you are. Yeah. If you ever have five minutes for a chat and yeah. then I people respond, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think you'd be surprised when, if uh, you just reach out more. and Yeah. Were you always a go-getter like that? I mean, there's some people who are introverts who are like, yeah, you know, I, I want to reach out to this person because I've met a few people who are like, they're like, yeah, I want to ask them this, but like, you know, I'm a little too shy. I'm not sure how, if they're going to respond or not. Were you always like this kind of a go-getter? Uh, I think so. I think mm -hmm. since, since like maybe high school is when it all started. Mm -hmm. I've played sports my whole life, so I've always been like done a ton of different things, but I think high school is a time where I did... I did uh, what I do swim, football, soccer, ASB, uh, AP Spanish, AP stats mm -hmm. all senior year. So I think around that time, I like really refined my like work ethic. Mm -hmm. And then I also started to realize if I don't ask for shit, then I'm not going to get shit back. Yeah. Like yeah. 
during that year, like I probably shouldn't have been in AP stats, but because I was like spoke to the professor and I like learned about the test that I had to take to get in, then I got in. So if I didn't take, if I didn't ask, then I would have never gotten that, which yeah. eventually turned to college credit, which helped me in college. So, yeah. um, I mean, I get it that people are shy mm-hmm. and I used to be shy too. And believe it or not, I don't think I'm a super extrovert. I think I'm more of an ambivert. Mm-hmm. So depending okay. on situation and depending on where the energy of the room is, then that'll determine whether I'm extroverted or not. Yeah. Um, but I think finding your means of communication, whether that's text, whether that's calling people on the phone, meeting them in person, mm-hmm. um, whatever communication you're most comfortable with, trying to practice that as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And then like refine the other ones, whether that's text or email or um, writing a really good like LinkedIn message to somebody. Gotcha. Nice. And as for someone who, you know, I'm speaking to the social media guru right here, <laughs> as someone who wants to build up their like social media name, um, what are some tactics that you use to 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 build that? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, maybe you could just talk about that. What are yeah. some tools or what have you done to to build up your social media? Yeah, I actually learned a lot from Gary Vee a few years ago, and mm-hmm. I. My Instagram at one point, I think I had maybe like six or 7,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And I went from 7,000 to like 16, 17,000 in a year. Wow. Um, and one of the tactics, it's, it takes up a lot of time, but it's looking at whatever industry you're in mm-hmm. and finding obviously the hashtags, but even more so the locations that mm-hmm. people tag themselves on Instagram mm-hmm. for particular. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I'll give you a perfect example, if I'm a DJ and I want to build my following, finding the clubs or the venues that Mm -hmm. people tag on Instagram, going to them on Instagram, tagging them, and then reaching out to promoters, reaching out to Mm -hmm. people that attend and saying, Hey, I'm DJing here this weekend. Feel free to come through, Mm -hmm. which is a lot, is a lot more of a calculated risk than just shooting your shot to everybody that follows you. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, that would translate to somebody who maybe has like their own clothing brand. Mm -hmm. Okay, then if, if you have your own clothing brand and you're using the page of the clothing brand, mm-hmm. then what are the other clothing brands, maybe the actual stores like Supreme? Mm-hmm. If your brand is similar to Supreme, maybe you go to the Supreme tag on Instagram, mm-hmm. go through the photos and maybe type to a couple people and say, like, hey, love love your style. If you ever like want to get 50, 15% off my or 20% oh, off my clothing, okay. then feel free to like use this direct link. Yeah, Do that 100 times. Mm-hmm. five people are going to respond 10 yeah. people are going to respond you know yeah. and it just takes that one person to like reshare to their following mm-hmm. and if they have twenty thousand followers or a thousand followers and then people ask that's a dope shirt where'd you get it yeah they tag you nice so and i think that's a super like super tactical it takes up a lot of time yeah you have to go through each one but if you have the time or if you can outsource that mm-hmm. then i mean we we're just talking about time a little while ago yeah, um, yeah. I-, I was going to ask you do you still do that no, no, no. Because I mean, I mean, you have a pretty good following and, and dude, you're busy with like other stuff. So I was just wondering if you yeah. still do that. I mean, now I'm managing, including my personal accounts and the accounts that I manage for LinkedIn, it's like 14 or 15 accounts. Really? Like on a day-to-day basis. It's like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh-huh. LinkedIn, obviously my LinkedIn too, mm-hmm. my personals of all of those. We also have YouTube and then a couple of others that mm-hmm. we do for LinkedIn too. Yeah. So if I, I mean, I, I could, if I wanted to allocate some of my time from 
8 p.m. to 11:30 p.m. because mm-hmm. that's like my my play time. Yeah. But I've reallocated that time to other things too, like mm-hmm. other projects and practicing yeah. and all that. Yeah. Is that a one person? Is it, are you the only one that's handling those? Yeah. You don't have like other team members on LinkedIn <laughs> that's doing that? No. So uh, there there are a couple of different social media teams, I guess, mm-hmm. or social media people that manage social for LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I manage it for all of LinkedIn Talent Solutions, which is mm-hmm. LinkedIn's biggest line of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means everything that LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, etc. Yeah. Dope, yeah. dope, man. So always looking at, always looking to see what works and uh, yeah. uh, practicing on daily. So for sure, yeah, that's crazy. But no, man, I really enjoy talking to you. Yeah. Um, usually, I give maybe the last two to three minutes for the guests to just give any shout outs, give any uh, helpful advice, or just anything. It's yours. What? Okay, given that you, you've known me for a little while, mm-hmm. aside from what we've already covered, is there any area of my life that I subconsciously do or like mm-hmm. any habit or tip or trick that you think I can kind of share that's super tactical? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I want to start a podcast pretty soon yeah. and get out the habits and the tricks and the yeah. tactics of people mm-hmm. that I find super successful and inspiring. So mm-hmm. is there anything that you think that I might be able to share that, so the thing that I, I was really impressed and the reason why I wanted you to come in is just all the things that you currently do and you being a master of time management and also social media, mm-hmm. it just like really amazes me. And that's kind of what I want to bring out in this podcast. Yeah. And I think we did a, like an awesome job, but um, just to know the stuff that you do is just, it's astounding, right? Like, I mean, it, it, it's crazy to know like what they like, the human body could do and that kind of sounds a little cliche and especially like in a in like in a, in a physical form mm-hmm. but like the stuff you i mean you your time management is really good and you know there's some people who are only working a nine to five mm-hmm. and feel like they already are expensed for for the day yeah but for you to like tackle all these things and still have time for yourself is i think really important for people to hear and i think we we covered that yeah i think yeah. you just made me realize something too it's the, the different things that I apply myself to and I, I spend time and invest time on, none of them feel like they're a chore. Even mm-hmm. going to LinkedIn doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't uh-huh. feel like... And yeah, that might be a little bit of, uh, of uh, like luck, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I also, only, I also try to only apply myself in situations where I'm passionate about the work that I'm yeah. doing. I'm passionate about the outcome and might not like the work, but mm-hmm. I like the outcome of what it's affecting. Um, or I like the people of who it's influencing. Mm -hmm. So if I think about like after a nine to five, super long day, yes, I'm Mm -hmm. exhausted, but I have to go to the gym because I know it's going to make me feel better, which is going to give me more energy to like apply myself to different things. For sure. Like I have to at least put in a little bit of time here and there on practicing or building out my website. Mm -hmm. And maybe I don't like building out websites, but I know that I'm passionate about the outcome, which is going to be like branding. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. God, what that what's that time code? <laughs> yeah so i guess the the takeaway there would be like even if your nine to five is something that you're not super passionate about mm-hmm. how can you find energy through other things mm-hmm. after your nine to five yeah, true. and what are the different pro- projects that you can apply yourself to or different projects that you can help out with just one little piece mm-hmm. um because then maybe that little piece turns into an hour every single day and now mm-hmm. you get your energy through that one hour yeah and you're looking forward to that every day. You have something mm-hmm. to look forward to. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> Thanks for having yeah. me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, I appreciate you, man. Uh, any shout outs? Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, it's uh, DJ Ish, DJ I S H H on all channels. 
Um, and then on LinkedIn, it's just Ish Verdusco. So I'm pretty sure you'll tag it yeah, on. I'm going to do all that. And the social copy and all that. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Ish, thanks so much for coming in. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Peace, everyone.